What's going on, LinkedIn? So tonight is episode 88. 88. Yeah. Social media as well. We're not just on LinkedIn. But I think this topic tonight applies to a lot of individuals on LinkedIn because I know um, on my profile there's been a lot of interest in, um, you know, marketing within Asia and also um, how the discussion of how marketing in the East is different from the West because you have a different audience and a different culture. And um, when it comes to marketing, you have to think about all those things. So um, I run a digital marketing agency here in the U.S., um, headquartered in the Midwest. And then we have a special guest tonight, um, Walter Lim, who's back from previous episodes. And um, he's going to talk about his digital agency, Cooler Insights, out in the East and the differences in perspective when it comes to marketing for these two cultures. So um, I'll let Walter hop in here. And Walter, um, introduce yourself again and um, tell hey. us a little about Cooler Insight. Hi, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, depends on which part of the world you're in. Uh, I'm Walter, I'm the founder of Cooler Insights. We are a content-focused agency, so we help brands tell their stories and build their presence online. Um, we, we focus on uh, various platforms from their website to Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, sometimes we help clients with their YouTube as well, and we also do videos. Um, a lot of our focus is really helping brands to grow their presence, especially I would say challenger brands, those who are in a pretty good place in the marketplace. They can be, um, you know, growing quite rapidly. They could be regional businesses or even uh, global businesses, but they they want to kind of uh, create that presence online. So that's what we do. Um, and uh, Cool Insights, we, we work with um, all, all different, different verticals, different industries, uh, from hotels to hospitals, um, retail uh to uh preschools childcare and hmm. uh i also do quite a fair amount of training so so i would say about half of my work is in training and consulting coaching the other half will be on the agency side of things so very yeah, glad to, and... to join you guys on the bottoms up and yeah jeremy <laughs> I, I was trained by you yeah <laughs> hey all right yes on LinkedIn, yeah, which is our yes, favorite so social network. My, my journey, my journey on LinkedIn began with uh, meeting Walter. So yeah, thank you. That's Forever awesome. grateful for that. Yeah, he, he has been, yeah, he has been an amazing, um, you know, student. He has, he has surpassed, he has surpassed me as well. No, no, you always be my teacher. Yeah. Oh, thank you, thank you. Well, let's talk marketing tonight. So um, let's start with um, when it comes to marketing, right? When it comes to the East and the West. Let's talk a little about the audience. What have you found to be the biggest difference in the way content is digested in Asia versus the way content is consumed in the U.S.? Okay, oh, if, uh, if I may. Yeah, yeah, oh, sure, great. Jeremy. Oh, well, yes. mm. Yeah, I, I'll just I'll just go uh, very quickly and just lay you know the the the, the land. I think um, when when we talk about the East, well. The biggest market, of course, is China, and because I've been I've been there, lived there, and worked there before, my heart, a part of me, always is there. So I I I watch all things on what's happening in China. I think to answer your question, uh, I will point out two very obvious things. Number one, really, is language. Yeah, language is language difference. It's quite obvious. Um, and um, for the East, of course, we we do know that there is two forms of Chinese when it comes to language and how it's consumed. Right, traditional Chinese and uh, simplified Chinese. Yeah, Audrey. So that's that's one um, very basic but very uh, huge difference. Uh, the second one really is how the media is consumed in terms of um, the the the, uh, the the hardware, right? Um, a lot of people in Asia may not have a desktop, but they all have a mobile phone, Hello. which means it's uh, twenty four seven. They can. Audrey, can you hear? Me? Can you hear us? Hello, hello. Oh, okay. I think he dropped out. Yeah. Um, so I was saying, um, it, it's the way it's consumed in terms of hardware. Yeah. Um, mobile. Uh, it, it, most of us even have two mobile phones, right? So that's the way I think it's primarily very different from uh, the West. So maybe, um, Walter, you want to add on to that? 
Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll add on to that. Um, I, I think the, uh, in terms of content types, uh, videos certainly are the way to go in the East, at least in Southeast Asia, where we're at. Um, mm. So we try and turn every post, even if it's, say, a, a static image, we try and add a little bit of animation, a bit of movement, you know, text flying in and out. Um, mm. Because we find that uh, just adding that little bit of movement helps a lot more than just a static image. I mean, I mean, people do read. Um, so, so we have a, a dual kind of strategy. The, the, the SEO side of things, you do have some audiences. Uh, they will search for a particular keyword on Google. They'll go to your article, long form, and then they'll read it. So that could help from an SEO perspective. But from a social media perspective, uh, we are seeing a, a lot more uh, shorter um, short videos, um, 30 seconds, 20 seconds, even 10 second videos uh, catching more attention. Uh, we find that um, showing uh, how things work is, is, is useful here in the East. And I think the other thing is also um, making it really very easy to digest. So, so it has to be very uh, in your face kind of. <laughs> uh, cannot, uh, we, we cannot be too... Uh, Don't be shy. Cannot, cannot use metaphors or, you know, um, uh, too creative ways of expressing it. Lah. So it's, it, it has to be quite bottom line driven. Um, uh, you know, so um, people have to know what, what is in it. What, what is it for? Um, and, and, you know, uh, one of the, okay, like let's say when we, when we do posts or ads, right, for our clients, say on Facebook, Instagram, uh, if they're interested, they may just say PM me, please PM me, you know, uh, private message me straight away. Uh, I, I don't see a lot of people really commenting as much as, say, uh, Western audiences. I think the Western audiences tend to comment more. They tend to write more and um, the Eastern audiences prefer to message. I, I'm not sure if this is true across, um, but the, the mode of uh, communication seems to be more... Uh, shorter, uh, maybe because I don't know whether it could be a language issue, but they prefer to, to take it offline or to do uh, messaging. I mean, instant messaging is humongous here. Um, and uh, if we go into the generations, like the younger generation, the Gen Zs, for example, I, I've got an 18-year-old at home. It's always messaging, you know. <laughs> they do have Instagram, they do have, uh, some of them do have TikTok, but they, they do spend a lot more time using even the private messaging uh, apps. Uh, you know, so is, is TikTok still popular in Asia? Is Very. It, it is. Well? It's huge. Okay. Yeah. And, it and it's also transcending age groups. We're seeing it creep up. So, so the, the, I think that the very, the, the very young um, uh, preteens and teens are kind of moving even away from TikTok. They're going towards uh, more private channels like Discord and others, right? Yeah. So, so that's, that's what we're seeing. Uh, no, that's great insight because I think um, when you talk about TikTok, it's very similar to the US. But at the mm. same time, I think the newer generation, they are so savvy um, yes. with these tools and they're so used to um, social profiles and stuff. Now I am seeing a shift in um, the social media culture where, yes. you know, we're back to more, I think even with the pandemic accelerating, um, back to more privacy, yes. secure, um, you know, among their small groups, you know, yes. um, the community forming versus the um, large social media platform and just, mm. you know. So it's kind of interesting that you you brought that up in Asia as well. And um, so, do is in Asia is this still popular? The whole funnel marketing strategy. Ah, yes, yes. I think that that's an interesting topic. I I, I find that um, the I, I I'm not sure. I mean, I I think that it has to be a multi prong approach, where uh, you have to look at more towards getting multiple touch points out there. So we want to influence our uh, prospects, whether is it um, if they're searching for a keyword, they find your website or they happen to see an ad in front of them on Instagram or Facebook or on LinkedIn, or, or they see a particular thought-provoking post that you put up 
uh, you know, or, or they, they happen to watch your videos on YouTube. I, I'm not so sure. Um, I, I, personally, I'm not so bullish about emails. I think emails are important um, for certain markets, but it has to be uh, combined with various other strategies. So, so one of the things uh, that, uh, that definitely has to be done here is retargeting or remarketing. Um, mm. So many brands have done that uh, here in Singapore and it's certainly it, I would imagine to some extent in Asia as well because um, the frequency is important. Um, the mm. uh, having the multiple touch points is important so that people can get remember they can remember your brand. Um, mm. I, I, you know um, emails of course to some extent, but uh, I, I don't really see emails as a very major form of communication. Uh, here in Asia, except for those who are um, uh, really, really low down the funnel. You know, we're talking about uh, very, very close relationship. Either they're close to conversion or they've already been converted. But using emails to kind of uh, trigger that relationship, I, I don't really see that as being as important as, say, having a consistent social media presence. So, so it's kind of a loop in a way. So, um, so your social media uh, also, in some way, helps to also feed to that feed to that loop of uh, of trying to get people to consistently remember your brand. And, and hmm. I see a, a lot of that here as well. Okay, so you know, we definitely, um, I think the West and the East, you know, um, there's a lot of similarities. You know, I think, you know, it comes down to we're human. <laughs> So um, yes. human nature, nature um, I think we're drawn the same way, right? We're either yes. on social media yeah. to be educated, encouraged, or entertained, you know? Yes. And I think that's where we live. We're living in the space of is the mobile world, and a yes. lot of us are on these platforms. So the person that wins is the person that are consistently putting content out there, engaging with others, building relationships. Yes. Um, but let's talk about the audience. Why is it so challenging? Because I hmm. hear this quite a bit from Western companies to enter into the Asian market. And that's not just China. I hear they, hmm. they have a yep. hard time entering into even Singapore and, you know, some of the other open markets in Asia. It seemed like it's always challenging for an American-based company to um, penetrate those markets successfully. And you've seen it, you know, a lot of influencers have tried to, they built a huge presence in the US, but as soon as they try to enter into Asia, they're not as popular, they don't take off. Let's talk about that for a bit. Yeah, um, I, 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 I feel that uh, perhaps uh, Asia is quite different from what it was like in the past. Certainly, um, well, even traditionally, what some would call developing economies in Asia are no longer developing. Mm. Um, if you look at uh, Southeast Asia, for example, like uh, Indonesia, Philippines, Thailand, uh, Vietnam, you know, uh, you know, they, they, you know, the, the, the market is is very savvy. So, so they are they are they are online. Um, they are. Uh, familiar with digital, they're familiar with the tools. Uh, many of them have have gone through training. They learn uh, from you know. There's so many free resources online, right? So they they apply it to their own marketing, and so they they feel that um, uh, they also know. So so Asians Asians uh, are trying to kind of uh, um, apply what they know. They they want to build their own brands, and of course, I, I'm not sure whether. COVID-19 has some impact on it or not. I mean, for sure, I see that that divide between the East and the West seems to have grown somewhat. Uh, there's a new form of, uh, I, I don't know whether you can call it um, ethnic, uh, ethnic wokeism, <laughs> I'm not sure, um, that seems to have uh, arisen. Um, uh, of course, I mean, in the US, you have, uh, you know, a Black Lives Matter, Stop Asian Hate. Uh, some of that has also come over to this part of the world. So I, I guess people are a bit more wary of um, accepting um, 
Western um, or, or foreign, um, what they perceive as foreign uh, um, influences. Lah. And, and I think that um, uh, the Asian, Asian businesses, the Asian entrepreneurs, they, they, they're starting to create that, you know, they're starting to feel that, hey, uh, actually, I, I, I should also know as well as, say, companies in the West. It's no longer about technology transfer. I mean, if you look at China, for example, China versus the US, you know, uh, it, it, you know, maybe a decade or two decades ago, you know, um, certainly you would think the US is leading in all ways. But, but right now, a lot of us in other parts of Asia, we're very closely connected to China, whether mm. is it by blood or by business or trade. And we, we, we do know that right now they are, um, uh, you know, in terms of technology, in terms of using AI, data, blockchain, everything, they're really leading the world, you know, um, robotics yeah. and all that. So I think that in a way has kind of like fed into this feeling that, hey, um, maybe uh, I, I don't really think I can learn anything much uh, from a company in the, in, in the Western market coming into Asia, for instance. So that could have contributed to that. Yeah. Mm, that's really good. Yeah. If, if, I, I, may, if I may comment on that, right, yeah. uh, Kevin, on the, on the question, uh, I think for especially US-based companies looking at Asia, uh, to simply put it, why is it so difficult? I think it's because uh, Asia uh, is so diversified. Mm as opposed to us is rather homogenous so it's kind of you can have sort of a one-size-fit-all kind of a marketing campaign and all that but in asia i mean you just count the numbers right different languages how many languages there right just in india i don't know how many languages plus dialects it's, it's yep. just incredible mm -hmm. and then culturally it's so different it's really hard to get uh, uh the messaging or the content right for a specific market that is that doesn't make you look like you don't know the culture or you don't know the marketplace. And it's so that's why that's why it's hard. Because it's I too diverse. Think a lot of Western yeah. companies also don't apply the whole concept of because social media has, you know, when it comes to digital marketing and social media, it's very culture based, right? Mm. Like trends, um, yeah. the way your content is, the way you digest video, and within just the even the Chinese community alone. Just let's not Correct. talk about India, mm. Singapore, yes. China alone. <laughs> you know, Eastern China is very different than Western China. There's so yes. much, uh, you know, provinces within China that have their own culture, you know. Yes, so, exactly. And I think you're, you nailed it, Jeremy. Even within U.S., right, we have like Texas and we have the South or, you know, New York. But at the end of the day we're still very similar in the way um they we do things and i mean if you come to the u.s even mm. look and feel right um yeah. very similar suburbial area the city you have mm. your starbucks <laughs> mcdonald's it's not mm. extremes right um so that's a good point so eldrick is your audio working it is it is can you hear me yep yeah awesome. Yep. Thoughts, Eldrick, on this? Because uh, you do a lot of content writing on Medium. So um love to hear your opinion when it comes to um, content, you know. I will probably not uh, spend too much time or have my focus on the instrumental part of it. Uh, but I think what's important is just, just look at your own behavior how you engage with your devices and the apps that's in your devices, you will find the answers. So um, first off, uh, regardless of how you look, what you speak, uh, where, where you are geographically, I do think that's not that important to me. What's really important is um, the, the common denominator, which is human nature, is the same. So if you can if you can recognize that, you can see how people are doing very well in the in the media or the medium of the choice. Because every okay, I'll put it this way: success gets my attention. If you're not in front of me, I cannot see you. My eyes are in front. I, I won't I won't turn back. 
I mean, so if you want people to know what you're doing, if you want to disseminate knowledge, if you want to share more, you have to be in front. Mm. You can't be behind. Now, that can take, that can be in many ways, but the, the best way is to be someone of service and be someone who is highly skilled. So you can share your skills and you can share your perspectives or thought leadership, however they want to package it. And I think that's important. However, it's social media or social publishing or whether it's vocal or written, it doesn't matter anymore. You just have to recognize that everyone else is trying their best to be a better person when they get to bed tonight compared to when they wake up this morning and the cycle repeats itself every day. You may not find someone who will tell you straight in the face that I want to be better today and tomorrow compared to yesterday. But you can never find someone who will tell you, I don't mind being worse off than today. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Same with companies, it, yeah. It's, it's impossible. It's, it's, that equation will, will fail. Aromatically, it might work, but, but in reality, it might fail. So I think the key word here uh, really is the marketing piece of it, regardless of where you are, uh, whether it works for you. And uh, I have one comment on what we use, usually uh, say, and that is uh, we need to be consistent in our work. So we develop a presence online and people can see. Um, there's too much emphasis on consistency, which is a good thing. But I would like to circle back to another variable that we always forget, and that's we. You got to find out who you are. You got to find out based on where you are today, how you can be in front mm. of people so they will pay attention to you. Yeah. For instance, if you are a sales guru, you talk about how to get sales and overcome sales objections, you put it anywhere online, people will listen to you. But if you are a very successful sales professional and you want to talk about operational efficiencies, I scratch my head. What are you trying to do? So what I'm trying to say <laughs> is um, uh, there's a lot more depth if we want to get into the tactical parts of how we can be more successful in the act of marketing and as a marketer. But in general, the human nature part of it will, will, will stick. If, I mean, if you're not successful, you're not going to get my attention. It can be relative. It can be absolute. So, so that's what I think. Mm. In a very simple way. Yeah, I think, I think uh, Aldrich raised a good point about uh, certain uh, commonalities across uh, places or locations and uh, being valuable, being of service, uh, building trust with your audience. And, um, and I think uh, in a way it's about tribes, you know, um, forming tribes, uh, communities of interest, not so much along ethnic lines. I mean, although there's to some extent there is some, still some of that because we, we do live in, in neighborhoods with uh, people whom we see on a day-to-day -day basis. Our families will inculcate certain cultures down to us, our communities. But beyond that, also, there are interests that could bond people together. For instance, um, you know, um, a lot of people, whether in, in Asia, I mean, the East Asia, the Middle East or the West, they may have a common interest in a specific topic, say, like, I don't know, um, uh, playing golf or, or K-drama. So, so, you know, something uh, or, or, or wine tasting and, and kind of like finding that tribe uh, just so that you can unite with them uh, because you are also an insider in that market. So I think being able to show your affiliations that, uh, hey, I, I am also just like one of you. I know what you're going through. Uh, I, I, have, um, I have a family with a teenager at home, you know, or I, have, I, I live in a, a, a government apartment or a flat, or I live in a, a, a condominium, or, or I have, uh, I'm facing these issues. I think that if we're able to use that, um, that commonality to connect, uh, I think this could be a good way to 
kind of transcend the um the distance or the uh, ethnic uh, or, or or national uh, boundaries that may exist i mean after all i mean one of the things i noticed with covid 19 and the pandemic is that uh with technologies like zoom or and Streamyard and all that you know you can be anywhere around the world and, and it's almost like you're in the same room right just talking yeah. to each other so yep. so i think the the old uh, the old barrier of distance is really truly gone, um, and and the, and so the and then with five G and all this going in future, you can use your mobile phone and you can talk to somebody in real time anywhere around the world. So so I think the really the the thing is how do you build that um, bond with people of interest with similar interest to you? Uh, it can be B two B or B two C, and and that could help to transcend those boundaries. No, you brought an interesting point because you brought in Korean drama, right? Yes. Squid so, Game. Um, Squid Game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is very interesting because you see it here in the States, right? Yes. If I look back to when I was in my teenage years in, uh, in the U.S., I, I mean, I stood out like a sore thumb because I live in the Midwest. Um, there was not, not much diversity. And I could never mm -hmm. imagine high school people interested in a Korean pop band when I was growing up. But now, even in the U.S., I mean, BTS is number one. Yes. My son, you know, they're like seven and nine. Uh, <laughs> they're singing the songs, you know. And they, they, they don't, I mean, uh, they're very Americanized. But at the same time, I mean, they have a Asian dad. So, I mean, they accept that, but I am seeing like their little friends who are 100%, you know, Caucasian family, and they are very into B B BTS poster, you know, <laughs> BTS Happy Meal. You know, okay. it's interesting because I never thought it would come to a Midwest, you know, Kansas City, still very Midwest town. Um, you know, it's getting more diverse here, but at the same time, I can't see like, you know, Nowadays, Asian superheroes, um, you see it in shift in the media first, right? Always the cultural shift. So you're starting to see it in your movies. Um, yes. Commercials. Every U.S. commercial now has a token Asian. Used to, oh, I wow. never see it. You know, even if you watch The Matrix, you know, there's an Asian character. You know, so there's a lot of, um, you see a sprinkle of... Um, Asian used to we were more, you know, uh, we might be in the kung fu movies, or, <laughs> or in uh, from oh a Hollywood God. perspective, we might be uh, like uh, the the guy that doesn't speak very. We're never the guy with the um, beautiful um, uh, women <laughs> at the end yeah. or the hero figure, right? In the U.S., right? I'm just gonna be blunt, right? So like growing up, you know, besides Bruce Lee. There was not much, uh, you know, Asian heroes or the Asian person that speaks fluent English and, you mm. know, it's the hero of the movie, right? But you're seeing that cultural shift, yep. you know? And I think because of pandemic, because of technology, um, it's like Eldrick said, I think the younger generation don't see as much color as much yes. diversity yes. doesn't matter if they're in the u.s or vice versa like asians might look at u.s people different than used mm -hmm. to it was maybe hey um like walter you brought up a good point used to we were the leaders in technology right here in the yeah. west but now it's almost like hey it's equal playing field yeah correct and the younger generation they get it mm. you know there's still older generation that still live in the past but Hey, you know, it's 2022 and we're very connected. Like right now, yeah. you know, I'm the only one in the U.S. You guys are in Singapore and we're doing this live show. Mm. So when it comes to marketing, uh, you know, we were talking about East and the West. But I think it's more important than ever. If you're out there watching this show is don't just understand your area or your zip code. You have to start looking at your brand, the way you market your business as a global marketing strategy, you know, because when you're on LinkedIn posting, Facebook, 
it's not just the people in your the U.S. that's looking at it, or vice versa. It's not only Singapore people, right? Uh, like I can see Eldrick's post too, you know, and that's how I met Eldrick in Germany because I was like, man, these guys are in Asia, but um, th this guy Eldrick, he posts a lot of content, you know, and he, it keeps popping up, you know, and that's how I connected with Eldrick, you know, about, it's been almost a year and a half ago, right, or two years. So um, I think it's so important. Uh, I think we are so focused on like the economy being just one part our neighborhood or where we're close to. But nowadays you there's business and opportunities to be made, yep. especially if you're looking at currency, where it's going, um, technology with crypto and everything, you know, it's more of a global economy. Yeah. You know, so, so, so go ahead, uh, Walter, Walter talked a bit about, um, uh, uh, you know, culture, you know, K-drama and all that. Um, I think it's a good time to be an Asian. I think finally we're getting some form of representation after so long, right? From when Bruce Lee till now, it's been what? I don't know, 40, 50 years? I'm not, not sure with the with the math, but um, a lot has changed, right? Uh, culturally, movies-wise, yeah, with Crazy Rich Asians and then uh, with uh, Parasite winning the Oscars, never saw that coming, nobody yeah. did. And now this whole rise in this um, Asian, you know, even with Shang-Chi, uh, uh, all these things, mm -hmm. you, you get more than just only kung fu yeah. associated with asians yeah but let's look at the economics of things um asia is important uh because uh let's just look at china let's just look at retail i believe there's a mckinsey report somewhere that states that 50 percent of luxury spend is going to come from china mm -hmm. alone uh i think the next two five years or so and that's huge that's huge so you cannot ignore the economics uh, and the strength of uh, asia in terms where business is I mean, just look at retail. So, so, and 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 ironically, um, because we are more connected, we are also becoming more sensitive or more divisive at the same time. Okay. Mm. Case in point, uh, like I mentioned, I, I think I mentioned a little bit. China, as we all know, is a minefield now when it comes to marketing, mm. right? The basic things that you will do wrong and you will have to apologize to the Chinese. That has happened before with some of the stars in the U.S. I think you guys know who. Uh, the big thing is that do not mention Republic of China, ROC, or we call Taiwan as a country, independent country. That will offend a lot of the Chinese in China, mainland China. So that's the one big no-no that you have to watch out for, definitely. And the second thing is, I think um, the netizens in China are also uh, rather sensitive now these days, especially when you try to stereotype Chinese on ads. Yeah, there is a certain model. Uh, there was a certain brand that and the, the, the news, right? things at all. Yes, <laughs> yeah, all the stereotypical things. Even the model was affected, right? So there is now people are getting more sensitive. And I think that might not necessarily be a bad thing because uh, in the past, we would have think that, you know, Asians or even Chinese are more docile, submissive. They won't air up their views, but that's not happening now. Right. With 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 the with Asia gaining strength, I think uh, Asians are also being more vocal now. Right, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but uh, these these are like you know two of the examples I just want to bring up in terms of you know what to watch out for when 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 marketing uh, to the east, especially in, in China, very very sensitive topics, uh, and uh, that would so, really be the basic to watch out for. So Jeremy, you brought up um, the whole dorsal and not um, they being more focal. Um, mm. So in America, you have a lot of very young influencers, you know, mm. and um, it seemed like part of social media has accelerated young people that are not in school now and that are mm. trending the entrepreneur game and starting mm. their businesses. You see it on LinkedIn. Is that mm. the same apply in Asia? I think so, especially uh, you talk about live stream and things like that. I mean, the whole uh, mindset, yeah. like Gen Z, young entrepreneurs who stop going to school and just starting oh, a no, no, business. No. We, no, we, we, no, can't, we, can't, we can't stop going to school. Okay. <laughs> Parents won't allow. So that's a huge difference, right? Because yeah. in America, there's this um, uh, one, you know, the whole job market, you know, is kind yes. of, there's a, everyone knows about it, you know, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people aren't working and different there's spin challenges but there's also um less people are going to college you know because they feel hey 
you know, if I can make, you know, millions on YouTube, then why don't I be a YouTuber, right? So mm. there's um, a good yeah. amount of influencers that are mm. very young, even on LinkedIn, you know. Now, I don't know how much they make. None of us do, right? But they, mm -hmm. they appear to the younger generation who watch it and go, oh, man, I can do the same. You know, they're, they've become role models just like athletes, right? So I was just wondering if that's the same in Asia and it seemed like it's not. Nope. Per personally yeah, speaking, I, personally speaking, I would like my kids to be like, you know, Ryan's toy review, make millions of dollars, mm -hmm. but that that will only come after they, they, they do their studies. <laughs> so yeah. it will never be. You will never be the first priority. So, yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel, uh, I, I don't know about um, other parts of Asia, but uh, in Singapore here, uh, our kids, our teens are very pragmatic. I mean, they're they they are very level-headed. They, they don't have any uh, illusions or delusions of grandeur about becoming an influencer and all that. In fact, uh, our our influencer scene here is, is pretty weak. It's quite, it's quite bad, actually. <laughs> Many of the influencers, and I do know them personally on Instagram, they, they, are, they, they need to take, they need to have a day job. They, they have to, like, struggle to pay bills and all that. We... We, we, we don't really see that as an occupation. So it's always kind of like a sideline. And mm. um, only the very few top ones can make it. But the rest, I think they know that uh, going into this online space and trying to do like live selling and, you know, do the... Um, it, it, there's only a few people who can do it and who can succeed because um, not everyone has that, has that gift, that, that ability to... Kind of engage with an audience on the long term, so I so I don't really see that as something that is uh, that a lot of the youths or teenagers uh, are, are going into these days, Um, I I I'm not sure about other parts of Asia, but I see also there's a bit of that, uh, like that weariness or that 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 tiredness of the whole social media thing is like uh mm. yeah you know it's always um and and they they are kind of like uh, relishing going offline in fact so like oh wow meeting mm -hmm. up their friends or, or chatting with them uh face to face yeah. rather than uh, going into instagram or tiktok and building an audience with like tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of uh, followers so they can monetize it that that doesn't really seem to be the case it's just the very extreme the very few but a uh, majority don't really see that as as the pathway like at least that's what i see okay mm. i agree so, uh, i agree about walter yep. mentioned uh to say that to say that i become a successful influencer and i can monetize it means that i can get off the academic track it's something that uh, i think just the three of us here based in singapore it's something that is uh, weirdly uncomfortable, I'll put yeah. it that way. Yeah. And, it's, and it's not, and, and it has nothing to do with the, the stereotype about Asians that we, we want to do well in school. <laughs> so, so, so take that aside. We are natural suckers to, uh, we, are natural, we are natural suckers for success. We want to be successful. Everyone around us wants us to be successful either in a very stressful way, in a benign way, or, you know, in a laissez-faire way, let's say. Uh, and, and, you know, I think it's more pervasive in us, in, in the Asian DNA, to, to pursue a portfolio of success. Meaning, uh, I'm, a, I'm an A student. I, I need not be the top student, but I'm an A student. I need not be the top athlete in the sport that I choose, but I represent my school, I represent the country. And then if I do social media, I might not be able to be the top influencer, but I am one. So you can see that we develop parallels and we look at it from a portfolio perspective. And I think that's the reason we believe a lot in working hard. Okay, maybe not we, but me. I, I believe a lot in working hard because <laughs> things that are important. We, we, we. Uh, we, do. <laughs> we do. Okay, okay. We, me, uh, you. Yeah. So, so, uh, these are the things that are important to us. Uh, it's really nothing to... To be honest, uh, pure play academic success is, is rather rare to find. And, and as with all arenas for competition, the hierarchy will always be there. 
you know, everyone raises to the top of the choice, right? Whether it's studies, sports, content creation, influencing, writing, you know, unless you make it to uh, top 5% of the arena of your choice, chances are you're not going to earn a lot in terms of the monetary aspect. You're not going to get a lot of attention. So, so that's, that's just the way it is. The, the mechanics of life, I mean. Yeah. But, but I think the, um, to add on to that, I, I see that uh, entrepreneurship uh, is, still, is, is still a thing. I mean, tech, technopreneurship, uh, looking at uh, building something that, that can serve the audience, identifying a market niche, that is something that's still very vibrant here in Asia uh, and not just Singapore, across whole of Southeast Asia. We're seeing all kinds of amazing startups with yeah. solutions going way beyond just what Gojek and Grab has come up with, um, uh, looking at serving very specific niche markets wherever they are, even uh, even farming rural communities, they already have uh, all kinds of tech solutions um, to to kind of help them, and and they are also adopting uh, blockchain uh, technology. I mean blockchain. I mean cryptocurrency, of course. Uh, NFTs are now the the rage. Everybody's talking about it. You know, um, mm. Gary Vaynerchuk is. Is going gaga over it and all his disciples <laughs> will kind of talk about it as well but but i think beyond that um the the new the the, the way in which technology can solve problems is something that uh, i think the younger generation are aware of and they are putting their heads to it they're trying to crack their heads to try and solve this very very hyper niche hyper local kind of problems so i think i think the Maybe maybe one as sort of like a long-winded way to answer the question about uh, Western companies trying to penetrate Asia and finding difficulties. That I think nowadays the the very big, the very big sweet kind of problems uh, already there are already solutions. There there's a there is a you know a, a, a you know a subscription model for every business out there, right? I mean. Beyond software as a service, you have uh, the travel, you have uh, rooms, you have um, um, live streaming, buying, and all that. So, so mm -hmm. I think it, it, it's it's kind of the more niche issues that are very specific to uh, people living in crowded cities uh, where there's uh, traffic congestion, where there yeah. is um, uh, pollution, and where there is uh, you know difficult difficulty to get access to certain public goods, for instance. So, so I, I see that those will be the opportunities in Asia where uh, if companies are able to crack that, then I think that that could be something that... Hmm. No, yeah. I agree. I think it's across the board because um, subscription model here in the US yeah. is extremely mm -hmm. popular. You know, mm -hmm. I was just looking at um, fitness, fitness products, right? Yeah. Like cardio. <laughs> and in my mind, yes. I was like, it doesn't make sense. I have to pay a thousand dollars after I buy it. I still have to pay another thirty dollars a month. You know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so like all the new like cardio equipment, um, everything. You know, the Oculus, for example. Yes. You know, you pay four hundred USD, and then now the games are almost like sixty dollars a piece. You know, <laughs> so in a subscription model. So um, you know, it, it adds up very quickly. And um, mm -hmm. it's interesting because as we're talking about Asia, the East and the West and marketing as a whole, you know, it goes back to what Eldrick said. I think it comes back to understanding human nature and the way we work as human beings and the way we think. And if you understand that, you know, you can work within a lot of cultures because there are things that you can hone in on. But then when you're talking about excelling and branding or penetrating like a specific market, I do think the culture does apply, right? Like what people are buying, um, especially retail. I think it's very challenging um, to market mm -hmm. a retail product when the ethnic groups, um, the way they consume is very different, right? Yeah. yeah. And I am see I am seeing it um, the other way, vice versa too. You know, even Asian markets coming to um, America. You know, and yes. that they struggle as well because you know America's very much there's a lot of entertainment. 
it's a lot more lax, you know, even, I mean, you scroll through LinkedIn, um, a CEO in the U.S. Um, talks very different than a CEO in Asia, right? So yeah. um, the, the content alone is very different, you know. So where do you see social media before we end tonight? Um, because you said the young people in Asia, um, actually a lot of them are turned off by social media and coming off uh, of these platforms. Where do you see um, the future? I think it's going to, um, I mean, I mean, they, uh, social media is going to become like a, like news, like a newspaper, like like the information feed, um, but it may not be the place where people are going to socialize. So it could be um, they consume what they see on their feed, whether it's Instagram or TikTok or, or or even Telegram, if they subscribe to a few different channels on Telegram. Yeah. Uh, but when they interact, uh, they're going to interact more in uh, private groups, uh, whether it's a WhatsApp group or Telegram group or Discord group. They, they, they will take more of that, that conversations offline. Um, the commenting behavior, I notice uh, it will be quite different. So instead of writing a long, thought-through comments on posts, they may just write very short comments. They may, it may even be a bit... Uh, uh, mysterious or sometimes even snarky <laughs> um, uh, with the intention of uh, you know drawing attention or, or just just for the fun of it but um, I, but I see that um, the the private uh, channels mm. uh, very specific to topics of interest mm. would be where they may spend more time in when it comes to social yep. media um, yep. and, and um, but of course having said that um, ephemeral kind of uh, short form short-term content will still be there. I mean, people will, uh, they, may, they may shoot a, a short video of themselves, for instance, but instead of sharing it with the whole world, they, they may just share with, with their group of friends, for instance. So, so that could be one of the behaviors I see going ahead. Um, yeah. So this, um, is Meta a conversation in Asia? <laughs> Meta. Yeah. Actually, actually, I mean, actually, a lot of a lot of people are. Already, I mean, a lot of the kids uh, are already in Meta. It's just a different form of Meta, right? Yeah. <laughs> we don't yep. Google Fortnite, <laughs> Fortnite, yep. yeah, Minecraft, it's... Roblox, uh... Roblox, yeah, correct. So, so, so it's just that the way in which it's, uh, it's it's not three D or it's not using the goggles and the VR thing. Um, but people are already living in their own metaverses. And I would say the uh, adults also are kind of living in their own metaverses. It's just as a different, it's group around communities. It's the news feed, right? Your, yeah. your news feed is kind of governing you, shaping you. And, and it, it's, uh, you know, your, your view of the world actually is what you see, what you consume online and the more you consume those type of content as we all know how the algorithm works the more they're gonna yep. feed you that type of content so your worldview will increasingly be shaped by uh, how machines kind of shape your your, your metaverse so to speak um yeah but no but I, it's, I, it's very yeah. interesting because um you know i kind of um have both worlds right i grew up in a very yes. asian home but at the mm. same time, you know, I went to school in the U.S. and have American friends and different things. But it's very interesting to see where the metaverse, how it's going to adapt as we go into this new web landscape in the next 10 years and how it applies to different cultures. Because <laughs> like in the U.S., I would say I don't want to use the word delusional. But in a way, the young, young, younger folks, um, the way they view the world sometimes is so influenced by social media and trends. And is listening to you, Walter, being a father of a teenager, it seemed like it's a little difference with teenagers in Asia. You know, they still are. You know, not that, you know, you have to go to school, you know, there's routes for different things, but it seemed like they still, the education aspect, it seemed, seemed like the more social media is loud in Asia, 
the more almost the young people are taking step back and wanting to connect in the real world. And then in the U.S., it's the opposite. It's almost like the louder social media becomes, the more we are consumed and lost in this world of social media, right? Hmm. So the direction is interesting how two different cultures being influenced by, you know, algorithm, you know? And um, it goes back to, I think, the mindset, right? You know, uh, we have so much freedom here in the West and um, the way we are growing up to, hey, chase your passion, do what you love. And that's why you see there's a lot of innovation in the U.S. as well, Mm. which is a positive. You know, you have like Tesla Mm. and all these things. Mm. But then you're seeing as China is rising up in the tech space and innovation, it's a different way of going about it. You know, so um, when it comes to being a marketer, um, the perspective, I feel, is going to be very interesting as this world becomes more connected. The more, and with all these tools and technology available, where marketing will be 10 years is going to be very interesting to me. <laughs> yeah. So for, for, for me, for me, just two points yeah, uh, before we round up. I agree with what uh, Walter said about uh, social media being more of a news source, but increasingly we, because we know how the algorithm works, more more so now we're more aware than in the past. Uh, we will seek uh, interest groups, or we call tribes, or we call communities, mm-hmm. in different uh, either Discord or Telegram. We will seek these interest groups and still maintain our sanity there on things that we think uh, we do not want the algorithm to affect us. So that's that's one thing. That's one point mm-hmm. I want to make. The other point which I want to make really is the talk about technology. Uh, how marketing is going to be different uh, for the East is actually on technology or rather the perception of country of origin. Why do I say that? 10, 20 years ago, we would think that, well, everything from US is good, the best, the greatest, or maybe sometimes you know Japanese brands, consumer electronics specifically. But now, Asia brands are just as good or if not better mm. or perceived to be just as good or perceived to be better. Right, just look at all the things like, for example, what Xiaomi is rolling out, right? Uh, even like things like a car manufacturing, China is doing a lot of that, autonomous cars, and it, a, a lot of these. The point is that the, the, the Asians' mind about US brands versus Asian brands has shifted. Asian is not necessarily bad, right? And, and US brands is not necessarily top of the line, most premium or the most technology advanced. So, so when that shifts, then it's kind of like level playing field. You have to market harder in a way for for mm, for for, for the brands in the in the West. Mm. But what in the East, we no longer know. We we are more uh, receptive to buying things that are from Asia, that that originates from Asia is created in Asia, right? So this whole quality and brand perception has also shifted. So that's is going to affect marketing definitely as well. So so those are the two points I just want to add. Yeah, yeah. and that's great food for thought. You know, tonight as well. And, I think there's, uh, I mean, yeah. to add on to Jeremy's point, there seems to be a, a shift. Uh, I mean, for China, you know, we all know that it's a technology giant and all that. But there's also a cultural element to... Yes, the Guo Chao thing, right? Yeah. So there's, a, yeah. There's, a, there's a big wave of interest in, in all things Chinese now. You know, I mean, or, you know, um, in Singapore, for example, um, Chinese cuisine, Chinese food, Chinese snacks, there have been Chinese brands that have been opening up here. Uh, and there seems to be a surge in interest in, in China music, I mean, Chinese music. I mean, previously, uh, the top artists, uh, uh, Chinese um, speaking uh, or Chinese singing artists were from Taiwan or Hong Kong. Right? Hong but Kong. these mm-hmm. days, it's kind of mainland China itself where, uh, where yeah. the top <laughs> artists are emerging. Yeah. And we're not just, and it's, so we also look at fashion, you know. Fashion well, I, I can't even watch yeah. um, Hong mm. Kong movies now. They're so bad. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the production yeah. values, everything yeah, is all shifting has, to China. Yeah, you know, yeah. entertainment-wise, it's all better. Chinese. <laughs> so. Yeah, so so that so there seems to be a shift also. Uh, it's not just about the technology, but it's also about the, the cultural component that, that seems to have changed. And, and let's yeah. not forget India as well. I mean, India is mm. it's also Asia, um, but uh, there has been so many things going on there. It's, it's a... It's a huge market there is also 
a lot of excitement in there, a lot of brands are emerging. And I think the, the younger Indians these days, they also know uh, uh, that in order to compete, uh, they have to differentiate themselves. So, so, so we see that um, you know, more and more, and more, and more uh, Indian companies are rising up, uh, no longer mm. just the uh, back office of the world, but yeah. uh, they, they are kind of like uh, forging their brands and they are growing and asserting themselves as well. And same thing yeah. if you look at even the shift Japan and Korea. Oh, yeah. You know, like from, Definitely. you know, growing up, I always remember Japan was the fashion leaders, um, you know, even cars and technology. And now Korea mm. is kind of sh shifting, yeah. right? So, yeah. yeah. And it's definitely in the world we live in, even here in us you know used to you would never buy a kia or, or a oh yeah hyundai was supposed to be like if you buy a hyundai 10 years ago um you know it's it's gonna break down you know but now <laughs> i mean we, we see it in our u.s movies we're very big on like a lot of people drive kias and hondas you know so it's interesting because you know marketing has played such a big part in influencing the products we buy are every day and part of um, bottoms up perspective before we end tonight is really just sharing our perspective but at the same time you know having more of a cultural awareness when you're on social media because we're a more and more connected world than ever so even the type of content you're putting out it's good to think about hey we're not you know I understand, hey, my target audience is in the U.S., therefore, you know, I'm just going to put out U.S.-based content. But, hey, I challenge you, connect with other people outside of your hometown, your world, because even myself, you know, I grew up in the U.S. It's nice to still connect with Aldrick, Jeremy, Walter, and just hear their perspective so you have more awareness of, you know, here in the U.S., you hear the news. It's very much... Um, a bias, of course. And same thing. If you listen to news only in Asia, Singapore, it's going to be biased towards their culture, right? Uh, it's good to go listen to news every, somewhere else. Like for me, you know, I grew up, you know, my I'm born in Hong Kong. So I've been blessed with my mom still listens mm. to Asian news and different things. Mm. So I get to hear the Asian side of things. Like if you went and listened to Asian news, the way they talk about the pandemic is totally different from U.S. Yeah. news, mm. you know. Uh, and so it's good to differentiate like, hey, it's a global issue and everyone has their opinions. But mm. it's good to take it all in and kind of make an Be educated decision mm. versus like, oh, you know, I just hear my news in Kansas City. And mm. that that's the truth. And that's the be all of what's going on in the world. Mm. And I think with marketing, you have to do the same thing. Because right. yes. no longer, it, like listening, is no longer U.S. is the leader in all yeah. things marketing. Uh, mm. you, you have to look at 10 years down the road. What if things shift? Mm. You know, are you aware of the mm. other cultures out there? What, it's like you said, what if the back office of India is no longer the back office? <laughs> mm. You know? Yeah. So uh, just be aware of everything. Um, perspective matters in the yeah. journey called life. And um, mm. the way we view things is so important. So thank you, Walter, for joining us tonight. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. And um, it's great to hear your on. insight. And, thank um, you. Walter, for those who are still on, and if they weren't on earlier, remind them again how they can connect with you, follow you and tell them a little about Cooler Insights. Well, thank you so much, Sham. For those of you who are online, if you want to connect with me, you can look for me on LinkedIn. Just type my name, Walter Lim. You'll be able to find me. Uh, you can visit my company's website. That's coolerinsights.com. C-O-O-L-E-R, insights, S-I-S-I-N-S-I-G-H-T-S.com. Or you can just follow us on Facebook, on LinkedIn, just look for Cooler Insights on any of these platforms and you'll be able to find uh, my company. And uh, right. we do regularly share content uh, at least once or yeah. twice a week uh, on um, 
insights on uh, social media marketing, content marketing, SEO, as well as other uh, developments in the digital marketing world. All right. Thank you, Walter. Appreciate you. you. Well, have a good night and have a good morning <laughs> as well. Thank you so much, everyone. <laughs> All Thank right. you, guys. See you. See you in the next one. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.